And welcome back to the discussion phase, our board gaming podcast where we take a break from playing the games we love to talk about the games we love. As always, I'm your host, John. I'm Brady. And I'm Matthew. And today we are back counting down our top 100 games. We're going to be hitting games 75 through 51 today. We'll also be catching up on some recent holiday plays and uh, letting you know about a new uh, sequel game that's coming out that just hit the news today. So stick around and buckle up. All right. So I know um, we aren't always the most timely podcast, but we are we are what? coming to you all live with some some brand spanking new news about a game that's shaking the foundations of Board Game Geek right now. Um, Brady, if you had to have you had to name a popular welcoming game with good art, at least some decent strategy, it's not the heaviest game, but that has had pretty mainstream success in the world of board games in the past couple of years, famous uh, female designer, what, what game would come to mind? Well, you got me right there at the end. Famous female designer. I, I so think make gonna, sure I give you a little bit of a lead. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Wingspan. Wingspan. Now, Brady, Wingspan is all about birds. And yep. what is the board gaming hobby filled with? Uh, nerds. A lot of nerds. Yep. And you and know, birds. Birds are great, but what nerds really like is dragons. 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 So today, from more specifically, worms. Worms. Yes. W r y m. Yeah. Um, I couldn't tell you what the difference yeah. is between so this a worm is a, and a dragon, but a we have Wormspan as a standalone sequel to Wingspan. It's labeled as a Wingspan game. It is going to be different yep. mechanisms, but the same core idea. Um, just hit the presses. I believe today they had their announcement video. Um, seems to be a lot of the same, but some new twists on it. Wingspan's a game that I enjoy, like playing with my wife. So I don't think she'll have any interest in Wormspan. And that's kind of why I still have Wingspan is because it's that kind of mid lightweight game I can play with my wife. We can enjoy it. So I'm not like super hyped about Wormspan. I'll play it, but it's probably not going to be. Well, I mentioned several times if there was ever an expansion that I would be all in on. Was it like a dinosaur expansion? Of course, at that time, it was thinking like pterodactyls, that kind of birds and stuff, right? Yep. So I'm at least intrigued by it. And it does look like they are, uh, there's the same concept. You have to get the resources, plant the eggs, then hatch the creatures, yeah, get your engine going. Is... But this adds a little bit more depth to it. Um, like it just even a simple thing looking at it was like one of the cards they they showed, like one of the little dragons, um, there is had the tucking ability, was essentially, you know, a card from your hand, when you trigger this card in your engine, you can tuck it. But there's like multiple steps, like there's initial point or value, but then like when you do it for like the third time, you unlock this next level ability. So it looks like they're definitely with the, the goal of this is this is the next like um, complexity level up. This is I don't think it's going to be a heavy game by any any stretch of the imagination, uh, but it's definitely like the next level. There's like there's 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 a little bit more depth to it. Um, it's more than just because one of the mechanics looks like you're having to, to delve into caves and so you have to prepare space in your caves Which is like the different, before the dragons can be the hatched or nesting in this. Yeah. From wingspan. Um, but but all the biomes are available where this, it looks like you're having to kind of like dig them out. Dig them, yeah. You have yeah. these like explorer characters as well. It looks I don't, like a, yeah, it looks like worker placement, but I don't think it yeah, kind so of is. I don't, I don't know. I feel like they're going to expand on the idea of like whenever you take in a plant or a resource action or a car draw action, then you take your action cube and you walk down your engine. I think they're going to be... Yeah. developing that concept a little bit more, which I always thought was a great kind of easy way of, of doing engine building, right? Instead of having, well, this triggers this thing over here and then this thing over here, you just kind of walk down the row and those yeah. all, all those things activate. I, 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 I color me intrigued because um, we talked about the couple weeks ago, 
Um, I'm, I've loved Apiary. Um, and the same designer who did Apiary is de- designed this game with development from Elizabeth Hardgrave. And Matthew, what's the designer's name? Because Apiary is such a favorite gaming force without looking at your computer. I just wrote it down. Oh, um, it's Connie Vogelman. 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 Yeah. Connie yeah. Vogelman. Big fan of Apiary over here. Yeah. One of my favorite bag building games. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know where I'm at with this one because if you were to tell me, Brady, do you want birds or do you want dragons? I would always choose dragons. But I think where they went with the art direction is like they tried to keep the same aesthetic as Wingspan, more or less, where it's like it sort of caters to like a a 60-year-old woman like living on a beach in North Carolina somewhere who's like bird watching. Yeah. Um, I agree. It doesn't quite match the new the dra- theme. Yeah. But and I think they're doing more of a, this is more of a, a Eastern uh, Asia I didn't, dragon didn't really look type like, thing. I mean, the dragons didn't look these aren't Asian. Like, these aren't like European dragons, like medieval type dragons. I definitely these are, think it had a little bit of an Asian spin on it. This is the year of the dragon. Uh, For Chinese New Year. Yeah. And so I think that is where they're uh, kind of launching that off mm, of. So I think I that's know. where, because some of the art kind of, pastel type colors looked like it was a little bit more yeah that does the dragons do not look asian well i have personally never met a uh, a dragon from east asia so who can say (laughs) well i lived in china did you meet any dragons you don't Uh, know i met some probably did (laughs) they're real they're real they're all over but anyways i'm interested to see where this lands i would say i'm on the hype train wingspan's in my collection because i enjoy playing it with my wife and it's like a game that i feel like i get a good you know, I can at least think and develop some strategy and, and build that out. Um, and she really enjoys it too. I don't think she'd care for Wormspan. Um, I think the name's kind of cheesy wor- too. Worms, worms, you asked what the difference is. Worms don't have wings. That's the difference. So there's dragons, wyverns. Wyverns are the, so dragons have four legs. Yep. Wyverns have two legs and wings. Yeah. And then worms don't have wings. Yeah, this That's is W-Y-R. So what's the span? I don't know. I is guess they're span their length? or their length. No, they have wings. They have no, wings. No, they don't. Well, in, in the artwork. They, in the art with the cover of it, Brady. I, I do agree that... The cover that, of um, it is a wyvern. I feel like the yes. name is very off-putting. Worms, it just feels yeah. kind of strange. Because yeah. birds eat worms. Yes, yeah. they do. Yeah. Um, anyways, wanted to bring wrong. you some hot news here. But who knows when this phase. will be available. Probably be in Q2 or 3. Yeah, probably not that long, though, because they usually just do pre-orders. They don't do crowdfunding anymore. They said it'll be coming in 2024. So if there's one thing Stonemaier is, I'd say it's very reliable. But um, yeah. Yeah, they could have just done Wingspan. Wingspan Dragon Edition. Yeah, but, I agree. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. essentially what this is. But we've, we've, we survived the holidays, gentlemen. I think relatively unscathed. Barely. I don't think any of us Barely. had any traumatic like I mean, family I gaming uh, experiences. Oh, but no. I had COVID, is, which was brutal. Yeah. Uh, it actually knocked me out pretty bad. But I did get some good games played. My wife and I played yeah. at least a game or two a day. Um, which was really fun. Yeah. And obviously the holiday season uh, is always the time of lighter weight family games. Yeah. And Brady, you are always, these are games that you're a champion for. And you've had several I, new yeah. ones that you've brought to the group and um, you had for your for your Christmas um, yeah, you holiday there. Know, so I want you to kind of talk about some of those. Yeah, you guys know that I have been kind of like a little bah humbug about getting new games uh, lately. But, you know, the Dice Tower, John kind of brought me back to the foundation. They, they hit me back on yeah. the on the algorithm, and I've been all on the Dice Tower yeah, train again. So the Dice Tower started releasing sort of their, like, their holiday top lists for yeah. all kinds of different categories. And just in general, a lot of content creators were, were listing their top games of the year. 
And so I just started watching a couple of them. And like, I think the list that I gravitated to the most were like the top 10 surprises of the year. Um, because like a lot of the top 10 lists, like literally pick a content creator, pick the same like seven games and then pick like right. three different ones. Agreed. And like it, it like it, they're just so, um, like a lot inter- of the top lists are pretty homogenous, but yeah. you do get a little bit more, I think, in the, the surprises. The surprises. Yeah. So those are the ones that like people weren't looking for. They just right. sort of stumbled upon. So I picked out a couple of those. The first one that I got was That's Not a Hat, which you, I, I feel like did make the rounds a little bit. It was on a, a couple of different lists. Um, but this is a great, dead simple memory game. Mm-hmm that kind of goes well with Christmas because you are like sort of like, like your dirty Santa or your sneaky Santa or whatever kind of white elephant thing that you have, you are trading gifts around the table. Yes. And by gifts, I mean, they are a card with very simple, um, drawing pencil drawing on it. That could be a hat, a hat or a a bicycle or a peach or whatever. Yep, a shovel, a bicycle. Shorts, yeah, Yeah. all that kind of stuff. And all you do during this game is you, everyone will start with all of their gifts face up and then we'll pass one to the right and I will say, John, this is a bicycle. And at first, it's very Very obvious. Yes, that's a bicycle. bicycle. Thanks, Brady. Mm -hmm. And it's not a hat. Yep, it's face down. Um, but then John immediately has to pass his gift, and it can go either left or yeah, right. The card has on. arrows on the back. Yeah. And so you can imagine these kind of get uh, jostled around a little bit. Um, but what you can't imagine initially is how quickly these things escape your memory. Yeah. Um, and you, even I think just listening to it and listening to the instructions, people are like, what are we doing? What's the game? Mm-hmm. Until they get one in front of them and they go, what was that again? Oh, yeah. And then the, and then it just dawns on everybody of, oh, this is the game. Um, Cause yeah, at first you're like, everyone is like, what are we, what is this? Um, yeah. uh, but it, it becomes very quickly apparent and with the simpl- roars of laughter. The simplicity of this one is just fantastic. And yeah. I would absolutely call it a surprise because it's a great little filler game that you can play with people that are are real gamers because watching somebody who's usually really good at memorizing things just forget that they've got a teddy bear yeah, in front of them. And and, yeah. and you're right because you get past something and you pass something away and then it goes a couple turns and then suddenly it's back to you and you're like, uh, what, what was this that was past me? Is it a bicycle? Is it a, you know, you're trying to remember, is it a piece of bacon or, yeah. you know, whatever it is. And, and it's definitely very light, very simple. And I definitely think when it comes fun. to the memory game genre, a lot of people may want to shy away from it. Cause it's like, well, I'm not very good with memory. Um, like even something like a trio, right? All the information is stationary. It's not changing. So if you could remember what it is just better oh, than other man. people, you talked about trio. On the podcast? I don't know if we have or not, but uh. for just other memory games, some people are are, are maybe a little shy because they just don't feel adequate. What the charm of this game is not the the simple here's a gift or what is it's it's the great equalizer is yeah, that yeah. no matter how good or bad you are at quote unquote remembering things, the game has a, a beautiful way of bringing everyone down to the same level. And part of the charm is laughing at your own self of like I can't remember what this is so i'm just going to say something and pass it to you brady and then yeah, you challenge yeah. me on it. it's like matthew that's not a bicycle and then you flip it over and we're both shocked 
Because I wasn't quite sure it was a bicycle. You definitely didn't believe me. And then I ended up being right. Yeah. Um, and there is an element of bluffing too. Like you can, you could intentionally say that your gift is something else um, to kind of like throw people off. Yeah. But then if they challenge you on it and, you're in, and they're correct on their challenge, then you take, you lose right. a, a point essentially. Uh, you kind of, whenever you get something incorrect, you put a card over to the side and you keep track of those. Yeah. First one to get three. You finish the game in that you can play multiple games in a row and then see who had the fewest cards uh, ends up winning. Um, but honestly, it's not you, really about winning or losing. Yeah, yeah. And so I think I think it's a, it is a great light family party. I think this is a this is a fantastic party game. It really is because it doesn't require a bunch of rules overhead. Everyone doesn't necessarily have to be paying attention super closely to everyone across the room. And it worked great at four players as well as eight players. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and sometimes and you theoretically all you have to do is remember what is in front of you. But which, what if what's in front of you isn't what you think it is because the person yeah yeah passed that's it to you thing, lied right or yeah. didn't know. So if you're if you are only focusing on what's in front of you, people can still wreck you because they're just going to lie to you and yeah. give you something wrong. Um, yep. So that one is great. Little, and how much was this game? I mean, box games are expensive now. I think. I think it was literally like 10, 10 bucks, 10, 11 foot, 15. Maybe. Uh, that's way more than I thought. It's like what? Yeah. 70 cards or yeah, something like the, that. The gone are the days when you could get a new game for like $5. Yeah. This is a five or $7 like a small box game. game yeah. It's a small box yeah. game, but I think it, it is fantastic. And I, I just feel like it just, it, it fits a niche that we don't really have a lot with other yeah. party games. Cause this plays so quick, but even something as simple as quote unquote, telestrations or pictures is it full 30, 40 minute yep. drawn out endeavor sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. But this place quick, it's snappy. Um, you don't mind playing it multiple times or keep going. Um, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Another one that I got that I just as soon as I heard the first like 10 seconds of the rules, I was like, Amazon cart, bye. Boom. Um, was is Splitto. Now, had you guys heard of this game before this? Out of the, I, I think out of the didn't blue. uh was it someone on the dice tower had it as a surprise. I think so. Yeah, and I saw it on their list, and so I was familiar with the concept of it. Yeah. So this is, if you've ever played, like, between two cities or between two of the castles of the Mad King, Ludwig, whatever, um, it is similar to those, but it's so simple and quick that I think it um, kind of exceeds them. And uh, all it is is you are passing a deck of cards that has, I think, six suits and two of each suits. Um, and think of something like Point Salad if you've ever played Point Salad. Yeah. So you have you have the number cards that have suits, but then you also have objective cards that will say something like um, get three threes or get four uh, yellows or, or you, have the most yellows. You cannot or, play any twos. Yeah, you cannot play any twos. And so what you're doing each round is everybody starts with a hand of 13 cards and it's a draft. So very important. I didn't mention that the first time we played. Um, we didn't draft the first game. We were just dealt cards. It's draft meaning you pass your hand after oh, you tell your yeah, card. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Each, each, each round of it. Um, so once you have your card that you want, you kind of hold it in the middle and then on the count of three, you either play it to the to the left or to the right. And what you're doing is you're, pl you're starting like a, a scoring pile with the person to your left and right. Um, and so those, those objectives will score a certain amount of points. I think it's one to four and you can mm -hmm. get however many of them. Um, but at the end of the game, 
even though you've been working with your partner to your left and right to, to maximize your scores together there, um, you, at the end of the game, everyone multiplies your score on your left and on your right, mm-hmm. and that is your score. So there's only one winner. Because um, I, I, I believe in Mad King... Ludwig, no. So I've and, not played the other one. So yeah, might be there's, good there's a there. few of them, but you you end up taking your lowest score, which kind of helps balance it. And um, I think with those, it's just you try to make them like as even as possible. Um, with this one, you can you can kind of go different ways. I mean, obviously you want a, high, a highest score on on either side. Sure. Um, but but you can kind of lean heavily more into um somebody else uh, because like it, the cards are just working out yep. in that one's favor more um and so it's just it's it's like way more advantageous to kind of yeah. help one side um but there's another major difference is there's uh like global objectives in the middle that anyone can win at the end of the game and yeah. so those get added to the score um yeah this one was great it's short has a lot of tension um but pretty simple. Like anybody can play it. It plays up to eight. Yeah. I'd be interested I, more I at really the, like the four to five player count. Um, because I felt, feel like that would add more interesting tension on keeping track of cards that have not been played that are still in circulation. Um, because it's just hard on all the way down at the end of the table, keeping track of, well, if John and I are trying to get these specific colors or a specific number, or sometimes we have to have the most threes or something like that. Should we play this objective? If like, half the threes have already been played, you know, kind of, yeah. there's a little bit of that mind game of, of what do I want to keep from one person, right. allow the other person to get, um, that I think would be a little bit more interesting at a four or five. What I really account. like is the, the fact that you are working with two people and you need to, um, you know, balance out what you're doing. Cause if you just full send it on like, Hey, Matthew, you and me, we're going to go for as many points as we can between you and I, but I ignore the other, other side. My multiplier is going to be so low. low on that side. Yeah. But there is still a balance of, hey, I'm going to take this card and play it to my right, knowing that I'm passing this hand to the left and being like, hey, you know you should play this card that I'm passing you. And I pass it to you because I knew I could probably get you to play. So it's like you're kind of hedging your bets of like, yeah. okay, I'm going to... You you have to leverage your teammates to progress the strategy, but you can do it in a way that's really fun um, where you're working together, but at the same time, there still is only one winner, right? So you have to kind of, you know, balance where you're putting your efforts and trying to entice your teammate by passing specific cards to them, if you can, um, to, to them. So, um, I really liked it. Um, the only thing I would say is maybe I would think it'd be cool if there was maybe another set of objectives globally that were available. Um, there were just two for, there were just two. I don't know if that would make the game any better or worse. I'm just thinking out loud. Yeah. Um, one thing I think would make the game better is like, say at the four player count, you have a lot more opportunities to, I don't know, kind of not hate draft, but maybe set up your opponents for less advantageous plays. Like John, if I know in between, I wouldn't think that hard on this game. You and, but as you're playing at four, I can very easily keep track of you and Brady are trying not to play something. And so I can make sure that towards the end of the game, I'm, feeding you cards that would be very poor if you ended up having to play or could cancel yeah. out objectives. I feel like that could be like Matthew, I've next seen level you play of gameplay. And I don't think you could do that. That's that is true. Brady, who set the all time high score in Age of Innovation? Terra Mystica the other night. Uh Transition. That was that was a much heavier game. This is a much simpler game. 
I know how your brain works. Yeah, the the lighter games sometimes just absolutely melt Matthew's brain, and it's yeah. very fun to watch. Like that's not a hat. Yeah. The man was sitting there in his mind palace, you know, Sherlock's homesing out where he's the, opening every door, where the baby bottle had gone, and where yeah. the ladder was, and the cookie, and mm-hmm. then he passes me a briefcase, and I say, Matthew, that's not a hat, and turn it over, and he lost. But yeah. anyways, Age of Innovation, Matthew, great segue yes. there. So, um, some heavier games we've gotten in. I had, uh, so we have a little tradition in our game group where when it's your birthday, you get a pick the game so yeah. my birthday well was- we haven't been a very good at keeping traditions here lately john what do you mean it's still jacob's turn because we also have a tradition three. anytime anyone gets any kind of yeah it's still jacob's turn okay unless you're telling me otherwise i'm pretty sure it's still his i turn, thought jacob got us something or did something at his place for dinner he maybe did he too. did it. yeah he did right. well oh. i was gonna get project barbecue but we can go to juniper instead if you want um, the man the man promised us juniper sure. many moons ago we can yeah brady says yes uh, name a time and place when you're free, Matthew. You're getting married. Tomorrow night, Friday night, Saturday night. Jacob's not in town. Anyway, Monday so night. We're Tuesday. not having this argument on the podcast. I'm just saying I'm free. Um, it is my. Uh, <laughs> it was my birthday last week, so um, for game night on Monday um, this week, I got to pick the game, and I picked Age of Innovation, the Terramistic uh, kind of uh, 2.0, whatever you want to call it. Paul Grogan said he put Terramistica in the bin, is never going to play it again. Um, crazy. Actually, he said it's in tertiary storage in the attic. That Those were her words verbatim. His what words. does that mean? like his store so he's got his storage where like his his shelves and then he's got a secondary storage which might be like in another room and then tertiary would be like the third place he's storing things in the attic oh he's british you know but uh, age of innovation is a um building upon of the core mechanics in terra mystica adding some additional you know items it has a kind of a faction draft where you're assembling your stronghold ability your faction ability and your terrain as opposed to having pre-packaged factions which i think is a big draw and then there's also um, some new mechanics that you can interact with the way they do the favor tiles in this game. They call them the competency tiles um, are switched around a little bit where each game, it's the same set of tiles, just like regular Terra Mystica, but the um, value that they give you on the uh, cult tracks or the science tracks in this game are um, are different. So um, really enjoyed it. I got a really cool insert from my in-laws for Christmas, which was one of the main reasons I wanted to play. Um, and it was pretty, your in-laws got you. I know. Oh, my word, Brady. I've, I've struck gold. I don't John know what to tell you. Has won the in-law lottery. They know you well enough to buy an insert for Age of Innovation. Yeah. It it, it, fits it was your brother-in-law. No, it was my father-in-law, was- mother-in-law that got me that. And Flamecraft Deluxe. So I I've lucked out this holiday yeah, season. Yeah. Speaking of a good looking dragon game there you go yeah but that's what that's the dragon game we needed this is the second time we got to play age of innovation we've played it at five both times in termisca i know it does drag a little bit at five i would say in any termisca or age of innovation um but i I would like to hear y'all's thoughts because i i think it's fantastic to me it's offering a more interesting play of a game than base termistic is right now to the point right now if i had the chance between two i would be 100 percent picking age of innovation right now i'm not saying that there's not merit to termistica i think termistica is probably faster to set up because everything's kind of pre-planned but you do miss out in my mind on some of the customization and some of the additional items that you can interact with such as the um, additional cult track bonuses that there are as well as the innovation tiles themselves which in my mind are great because they often just offer different ways to score points throughout the game. Um, so in my mind, I'd rather play this in the the near future versus Terra Mystica, not to, you know, it doesn't well, tarnish Terra Mystica in my have mind. You, but, have, you, have you played Terra Mystica since 
getting Age of Innovation and playing it a couple times. I played it online twice with the fan factions. But not in person. Not in person. It's no. always different in person. Yeah, uh, my, I like it a little better online on async, actually. Yeah, but. my my <laughs> no, not no, not a shot. chance. Uh, my opinion still stands that I think, as a result of of creating faction abilities that can be mixed together any way, shape, and form with any different uh, special abilities, stronghold abilities that in their self are slightly less interesting than a completely designed faction or even some of these fan factions in Terra Mystica can be because they're in a pre-designed encapsulated unit, right? You can push yeah. the boundaries. Um, so I think there's limitations um, in the depth. Now this so may Matthew, change uh, with an expansion when um, uh, that adds more I'm interesting. I'm going to referee on this. We're, we're comparing, we're going to compare two real games, not fan created. Yeah, expansions. It's a real game that I have and I play and it's the what way I in it. So what in Terra Mystica, so excluding the fan factions, like, what I, I don't think the abilities in Terra Mystica are any more crazy, zany, exciting compared to Age of Innovation. I think all the faction abilities are pretty on par between the two games. If you exclude the fan factions, which are not officially recognized in print additions to the game. As of yet, they're, they're in the process of being. Sure, but they're not. So we're comparing base game to base game like the Nomads you get to. Well, you're comparing, you're comparing base like, game to like very base, base like Right, I'm beginning the first five factions, but there's a base even game. without the fan factions, there's 20 plus factions in the game. Right. Um, like even ones like the Yetis or something so like that. So what are the Yetis going to do that's so thrilling or unique or exciting? I guess um, like, I don't understand your point because I don't think it's it's factual. Or you just haven't played enough of the base game yet. No, I've played a ton of Terra Mystica. I've yeah, so like an example for times. like the Yetis, they can interact with... Uh, the power track that's different than anyone else. They have different abilities for terraforming and what controlling lands. The power track? Um, you can interact with the power, um, um, the special action spending power for that. Um, even if someone else has already done it, mm -hmm. you can still interact with them. You can pre-save different locations. I'm just, I'm, it's, it's just, again, there's, there's no, your point there's no there's law. less creativity in it. I don't think stands yeah. because well, there's, there's, there's no law written that says this is the divine truth. It it's does. just there's it is, Matthew. Uh, what this I'm is saying. my opinion from <laughs> from playing a bajillion hours yes. of base I know game. You're Mystica. never gonna. I'm, I'm just. I'm. But I will I'm, say the one thing I think that that Age of Innovation actually does that I think is more interesting is that there's more ways of scoring or interact scoring or interacting with the game that's outside sure. of your faction. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think the factions themselves are less interesting. Or even for Brady's complaint the other night that you can just get set up with a objectively poor faction because of what you could get stuck with in a draft. Now, obviously with repeat plays, you may prioritize different things, but there were certain, there are definitely players in the game who just had objectively Banging more factions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just factions that their engines were running on all cylinders. And Brady was picking things at the time that he was getting the best things that he could in the draft. Um, but there is no way any, we could play the game another 10 times straight and there's no way Brady was going to have a better performance in that game I, than he did. I strongly disagree with that, right? I don't think... I, I think Termistica and Age of Innovation are so so situational. Like, Brady's ability is less flashy. I guess Absolutely. What, I'll give you less flashy, right? But the ability to get an extra dwelling out, right? So you start with three locations and he had a p permanent money and power income to yeah. space, right? Like, that's, that's powerful. Is it as flashy or as impactful? But like, it didn't work as well yeah, so with I guess, my other... So the sure. example I'm giving is that, let's say we... we Everyone keeps their factions. Everyone keeps their starting stuff. But we mm -hmm. start at round one, turn one. I don't think if we played the game with everyone having their round one, turn one setup, I don't think there's any game Brady would win in the next 10 games 
um, just because of his faction. I think mean, after the first round, you know, there was a 40 point difference between mine and his faction. And, you know, I finished the game Probably with 50s. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and Matthew crushed all of us in that game. Um, be, and I, and I would argue it is a lot of that had to do with the fact that he had, um, and I think one of, one of my complaints, even though I love the draft, mm-hmm. it does seem like, in you know, in almost every game you're trying to find synergies, but in, in this game, it's like, they give you these different options to like mix and match, but sort of the best option is to just get the base faction from Terra Mystica or whatever. Um, and so, well, there's, there's clear synergies for like the, the river faction should be paired up with the, like the, the water ri- board, the water board with this yeah, special yeah, yeah. ability, right. To where you're rewarded for doing the same concept in Terra Mystica yeah. so versus they basically like, took, they took the base factions in Terra Mystica or a lot of them and broke them apart and broke them, broke their abilities apart and then said, here, draft all these. Sure. Um, and so it's like, you can kind of see how it would be more beneficial to just draft this, you know, all of them together or whatever to get one faction. Um, so yeah, I, I am much more, I don't love either one of them as much as you all do. And I, in fact, I find it, I find the most fascinating part is how much you guys can disagree on a game that's ninety eight percent the same. Exactly. Game. No, I. And this, we're, this is this is a very nuanced. We're 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 we're, yes. we're picking at very small weeds here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the play. This is still this is still Terra Mystica, right? I and I and like I said, I was like, I almost wish that what they had done is taken that those extra like research abilities that you can get and almost had that as a module into base game Terra Mystica because that, that, they want to that, mix up the theme I yeah think, too but. um but I do think that is that is the best part of Age of Innovation is that there are ways to score or manipulate your influence on the board that isn't a hundred percent tied yeah. to your faction now you can't do a ton of it you're only going to at most one to two I feel like you'd have to be really insane to get I got three of the game we played but I was focusing on that so in one yeah. of the boards makes it a little easier but yeah I'd agree I think um there's some more interesting things with the innovation tiles, but like the city, the, the neutral buildings, I think are pretty cool. Yeah. I like added the some additional the neutral um, buildings are cool. I feel like there's less ways you can feel really hemmed in by. I think Terra Mystica is more of a not solved game because it is so much about interaction, but there are clearly defined openings for every single faction that you want to pursue. Yeah, and, I, I agree with you. And, and I, to me, all I'm saying is it's more interesting right now to play Age of Innovation because it's not like solved, right? Um, but to your point, it's 98% the same game with a few different things thrown in. So I would play Terra Mystic. I'd play Age of Innovation right now. It's just like a, to your point, a very nuanced conversation of what we think is more interesting or more exciting. Yeah. And I think in, in either game to be successful, you really need to have a synergistic stronghold and get to that soon. Uh, pretty much with every faction, except a very grave few, sure. you're really wanting to go after a stronghold ability for some people, some Factions more so the temple or, or sanctuaries, but getting to that stronghold is going to be your most powerful action. And obviously, the sooner in the game you get it synergistically, you know that's going to make a ramp. And and the one thing too that I almost wish Age of Innovation could have even done more is having a tiered round bonus. And what I mean by that is each round certain actions get bonus points, but at the very first and second round could be first round you get bonus points if you feel your stronghold, or first round could be. Um, bonus points if you did like you just found a city. 
I would find it almost nigh impossible to found a city in the first round. It's just I've never seen it done, and I don't know how you would have the resources well, to ever do that. In age of innovation, you you can do it more because of the neutral buildings. But but you're but you can't even buy. No one even bought their first neutral building to the third or fourth round. I had one in round one or two. Well, yeah. your faction started with one. Exactly. Well, outside of that, but even then, you weren't founding a city. You could on, set it up technically round if you're yeah, yeah. you know if you're Brady's faction and you start two of your buildings yeah. close by. Right? Now this like, is this is an issue you'll see in base game Terramistic as well. I just wish that. Right. They you would, wish they put more effort into solving it. They did a little where they changed some of the. Yeah, so some of them aren't allowed to be the last two rounds. Yeah, I mean, um, some things are good any part of the game. Building and dwelling can be a really powerful first round and very powerful end of the game because you're trying to spread out, right? Mm-hmm. But there are certain things that are you almost like, well, I'm just going to ignore that and just focus on two rounds from now. But that, I mean, that's in both games. Yeah. Um, but that was an opportunity I think they could have yeah. done a little bit more development. I think I, I like like if I were to buy one of them. I would buy Age of Innovation just because I think it's a better package. And I think, like, it less is more. I don't want to have to choose from literally, like, 60 factions. Yeah. Um, and some of them, especially with the fan, the fan factions, are so out there. Not only do I not want to play them, but I don't even want to play, play them. with them yeah. because, like... I don't want to ha- sit there and have to learn your faction as well. And it could wreck me. The lava like, must flow. Yeah, yeah the, la- the lava one. But even <laughs> like the fire and the yetis, like sure. they they can change like your terrain around you and you cannot change you it back change no matter it over, what yeah. it is. So they have they have nothing to compete with. Um, and, you know, and they're, yeah, they're really complicated. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I like, like two ex- uh, and one example is like the changelings, which is a as again it's a fan faction, um, but based Terra Mystica, but like their abilities is integrated into every single aspect of their of their board. Like in an age of innovation, almost all of our dwellings, our strongholds, our trading posts, temples, all of them are almost ex- I- identical, one to two percent variance. Where in except for the strongholds. Except for strongholds, but I'm saying like the buildings, like what benefits the buildings give you, the cost of the buildings. It's the same thing in Terramistica. They're almost but like the there's there's factions to where all everything is power. Like I don't have workers, I don't have coins. Right. Again, we're going back to you yeah. going on some fan faction that a crazy person made for a game that's ten person <laughs> ten years old, where yeah, 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 everything yeah. gives power. You can't make know, that comparison. But because that's, uh, in Terramistica, I know it brings you joy, but. Like yeah, I don't think you're. I don't think good. you're in good but, faith comparing. We, we are the very items. different in that way. Like yeah. I want it to be. I want everyone to be like more or less on the same playing field. Right. Where you are like, I want to be in the fourth dimension while you guys are in the <laughs> yeah. two dimension. Yeah. Anyways, um, if you guys remember this, <laughs> this podcast is actually not about Age of Innovation and uh, Terra Mystica. We are here to go through twenty five of yeah. our top one hundred games gonna be here. A speed run um, we're gonna have to go. Yeah, relatively quickly. Oh, I don't know what we're. Good. we're well, we're sitting on for time, but um, to kind of transition into our top 100, y'all, just to give some background again, I know I've talked about this. We have aggregated six different people's top 100 games of all time. So this is our our board gaming group. Not all of them have appeared on the podcast, but uh, maybe one day, hopefully soon, we'll get everyone on here um, to talk about their own personal list. But we've aggregated kind of the weight of all of the different games um, and then created a single discussion phase top 100 so mm. last episode matthew and i went through games 100 through 76 so we knocked out 25 and today we'll also go game 75 to 51 knocking out another 25 and then we'll take the top 50 with 10 games in episode so 
Really excited to uh, kind of crank through some of these today. There, there should be some good juice. Previously, we've just done our top 50 games. So um, I'm excited for some of these games that are kind of in the middle. Um, right now, we're already seeing that games that are making it are on at least kind of two or three people's lists. So um, there's some good crossover. We're getting, we're getting into the juice. So um, are you all ready to get started? Let's yeah. go. All 75. Right. 75 is a mainstay classic here. We have um, code names. Uh, everyone should know this one. This was 69th on our list last year and 65th on our year in 2021. So this has gone down slightly, but this is the the classic party game, which maybe now is getting replaced by that's not a hat, you know, but it was 75th on Brady's list, 110 on Jacob's, 57 on David's and 59 on Andrew's list. Yeah, I, d- I feel like this is like the um, unassuming, not unassuming, inoffensive. That's what I mean. Uh, or unoffensive, inoffensive, uh, like McDonald's cheeseburger of a game. Like anyone can play it, but it it doesn't really get me jazzed. Like if you sure. were if if I had the choice, I would play Decrypto over it every single time. Yeah, but Decrypt like Decrypto will break some people's minds. Yeah, and, and player count can make it draw draw yeah. out. And uh, anyone can. Yeah, play I say games. the the I think. Um, Codenames is perfectly fine, especially larger player game. I think the the biggest sin it commits is the cardinal sin of any party game is downtime. you're playing a game and you're not being well downtime or not being involved, yeah, yeah. right? It, it's not downtime, but are you are you are you still thinking or engaged when it's not your turn? Sure. Codenames, you're not really as much. If you're the clue giver, yes, but if you're not, you're just kind of sitting there waiting for these other people waiting to for take. someone to say sports one. Yeah, yeah, you know, and yeah, if, and that kills me. If the giving best, more clues, and if the best player count. For a party game is four players, then it's not a party. It's not game a party anymore. game. <laughs> well, I would say Decrypto is not a party game. Uh, yeah, I would agree with you actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I, I do think like I would play. There's so many other uh, games that like if I know you all don't own it, but Werewords is one I still love. It's like twenty questions on steroids. Almost, almost broke my marriage. So <laughs> I can't play that one anymore. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I see code names probably dropping more and more. Yeah. Um, on it, it just, it's not bad. It's perfectly fine. It's just perfectly. I mean, we talk about game philosophies. Is this, do you want a game that everyone could enjoy some degree, or do you want a game that some people will yeah. enjoy? It kind of makes lot? sense. That it's just it's very like vanilla on the list because right, it's a lot it's of a crossover. it's a classic, yeah. but um, it's not one that I'm really wanting to go play yeah. all the time. But I know it's not better than some games John and I talked about last episode. Not at all. Never. <laughs> all right, um, coming up next at 74 is a game that I. Uh, rate the highest out of the three people's list this is on. This is the King is Dead uh, second edition. So wow. um, Matthew had this at 90. I had this at 35. Jacob had it at 55 and it is not on anyone else's list. I don't know if David or Andrew have played this one. I think uh, they would both like it. Um, I really enjoyed this very simple um, simple in kind of the overall rules. I would say there's a lot of strategy to it. You, it's not a, yes. like a family weight game. Um, simple rules, high strategy. a little abstract, you know. Um, you're moving your cubes around, trying to you know have the most majority in certain factions that are winning. I'm forgetting no. the end game condition, but I do like how the diff- you know at the beginning of the game how the different zones are going to score, and you have the same exact set of cards as the other players. action cards, and you can spend as many as them of them as you want at any time, like on your turns. You can keep pushing it, 
but you're never drawing up these cards once you use them all. So it's yeah. really a push pull of, all right, when am I going to try to go? Can I, am I, you know, am I bluffing like poker? Am I trying to use this card to force my opponent to use a pow- more powerful card? And then I'll beat them over there. I just like the mind games in yeah. this one. I think, I think well, there's eight rounds and there's eight action cards. And so yeah. if you space out evenly, you could do one action per round. Or when there's a game that we played with Brady, his wife, and then someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I love the two V two. It's kind of like, um, like a spades or a trick taking type thing where you're working across from your partner, but you can't communicate, but you can imply what you want your partner to do by the actions. But Brady on one round, like played half of his action cards for the entire game. And then was absolutely hose for the rest of it. First of all, Matt, that was, that was my first time ever playing. I had no idea how to play this game. Uh, Tara, Tara understood when I explained those in the rules, she did great. Yeah. Well, (laughs) So I will admit, and Matthew immediately said, "No forgiveness. Yeah, you don't get to take it back." Yeah, and well, and Matt. Uh, so I, th- I will say that playthrough, admittedly, like just soured this game for me to where I, I don't necessarily want to play it. I probably should play it again, but it was obvious to me in that first game, very painfully obvious, that you basically just want to hold your cards until the end, which to me makes this the king of you might as well just skip to the last round. The whole beginning of the game does not matter. Well, the game doesn't necessarily end at the end. Um, there's eight rounds, but the game can end before there because there is. you can get to the end of the game and see who has a controlling state of different areas, but you could win territories mid-game, and the game could end after four rounds, right? right. And yeah. so that's where you're thinking is, can I spend enough actions to where I could push in-game state earlier sure. while my opponent was holding out cards for I later know, on but in the it's game. Just, and I, again, need to play it, but it's yeah. just a game of, um, it's your turn, pass. It's your turn, pass. It's your turn, pass. Because everybody's just holding out until the end. Yeah, because you be one action card people have too is that in each round, different territories are scoring, but everyone has a card to where you could switch the spots. So like Brady could spend a lot of resources on influencing thing. And yes, he has control of this territory, but now I'm switching instead of scoring it in the second round, it's not going to be scored until round six. Yeah, and I yeah, switched yeah. it up and it's like, like he, I didn't, he didn't lose his investment, but his investment isn't going to give him reward. Yeah. 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 And so there's, there's also, all that mind It game also there. feels like it's a very like gotcha game. You're yeah. like, Oh, you've, there, you've been, there are an advanced deck of cards where you can uh, <laughs> have, you can almost kind of draft cards. So everyone has some unique cards too. I, I like, think, I think I like, that would make it more interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that idea. I think this one is that I really value just the, I feel like this game has a lot of simplicity, right? There's not a lot of complicated pieces or actions. You're literally moving cubes and counting majority. So the the strategy just lays in the timing of your cards, how in your, I like the team variant a lot too, how you're working with it's your favorite team. Way to play. And then how you're moving around the scoring. Um, I can understand your frustration with the two Brady. Again, I I disagree with your general premise usually about the just play the last turn, but uh, we've got an agreement that, that I we're really, just going to. I genuinely do think that you need to play again because to me it gives me some of that same vibes in like match of the century type stuff is like you know i'm i we may not win this round but how can i someone was calling in um <laughs> but how can i um essentially position myself the next round to where my opponent isn't going to be able to respond right. as well yeah and here's the thing like some of my favorite games that i've ever played uh, or in my top 10, the first time I played them, I walked away really sour about them. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I walk away really sour and never want to play the game play again. again. Yeah. So it could, it could, it could kind of go either way. I, I could see speak, myself liking it, well, but I could also speak in your that, position. You, there was literally nothing you could do in the game to recover 
And right. so there's really not any other way than Sounds to feel like frustrated. A issue on the person who taught the game. But <laughs> speaking know. of games that I don't know if Brady likes or not, um, it maybe bounced off the first play. Number 73 is new uh, to our aggregate list here. This is going to be Samurai. Um, mm. This was not on Brady's list. It was 79 on Matthews. It was in, in my 100s, 130. 40 on Jacobs. This is rocketed up there. And 58 on David. So this is a Reiner Knizia classic. Um, we've played this at four players. I've played it at four players a couple times. I've only played it at five. Or five. No, well, was it four? four. Was it four? Max is four. Um, this is a Reiner Knizia Thailand game area kind of control. Came out in um, 1998. Very old. Um, I thought this was a good surprise this year. I didn't rate it even in my top 100. I thought it was good, but it's not a game that I'm necessarily hankering to play. I thought there were unique things in it, but I've played it now, I think, three times. I know people will say these are the kinds of games that you can always play over and over and over because the tiles will come out differently and then you kind of develop a strategy. But it, there wasn't anything extremely exciting for me in this one, but it is pretty high on our aggregate list. So, Matthew, you're you're the defender of Samurai here. Yeah. The point's not for us to, to Who had it the highest? The uh, Jacob had it the highest at 40, but you're the only one here that rated in their top what, 100. What did I have it at? Again? 79. 79. I, I mean, I was really surprised by the gameplay. Uh, I, I Brady, I, I get his kind of con complaint with a game that felt too chaotic as well like things could happen a lot yeah yeah it, between me, your turn it's, it's blue lagoon with a lot of chaos yeah and i love blue lagoon yeah i i feel like there's definitely a sure. race tension in this game it's almost like a survival like the game makes me feel like i'm in survival mode because to win the game you had to have one of the the three you had to have majority in one of the three kind of like yep. uh totems you can go out and get there uh, but then whoever wins the game is like most evenly it's like your your score is what your lowest common denominator would be so if I had three and one, two and one, and then two and another. Unless somebody has two majorities, but yes. Yeah, something like that. So in a four-player game, you could potentially not even make the potential to win, which yeah. is kind of is semantics a little bit. You know, the winner is going to win regardless. Um, but yeah, it's like Blue Lagoon kind of on steroids. Yeah. Um, and I, you're you're placing out tiles to go to different areas, but there's a lot, I feel like there's a lot more unique abilities that your, um, your character sheet yeah, can have yeah. uh, with your tiles. Can you tell that Matthew likes unique abilities and I don't like unique abilities? Yeah. I would be interested in playing this at two players. I think two players would be a really tense game because you do yeah. have the same pile, like the same type of tiles as your opponent. I'm almost thinking like Blitzkrieg vibes almost where I'm like... Yeah. Well, we all have the same where, tiles, right? Right. Everybody's tile pool is the same. You're not drawing the same hands at the same time, but you know that all of your tiles will be placed. So yeah. you kind of bank on the idea of okay, like there's enough space on the board that I'll get this eventually, but it's more of the yeah. timing. Um, so I don't know. I'd be interested to play it maybe at a lower player count. I do agree with Brady though at four. I feel like you're like, oh, I'm in a position here and then but I'm, then I'm when targeting this area, but turn. it gets bound to you. Maybe two other people have already jumped in. And you're like, why and would I spend my action crazy. to close it yeah, in? Yeah, you want to have a very it, soft right? kind of like global idea. I kind of want to do this or go in this direction, but you really have to go, okay, on my turn, what is the best yeah. action now? Yeah, turn yeah. to turn to turn. Uh, and yeah, I, I got that sense of like racing and survival. Like yeah. I, I can't yeah. afford to just ignore this. I need to get it now because if I don't get it now, yeah. it may not be there later. And is it worth it to do yeah. it? So yeah. speaking of a, of a global idea, Matthew, our next game is taking us uh, to the skies. So number 72 is hot onto this list. And I will say the sky, this sky probably would have made my list if I had done my list after we played this game. This is going to be Airlines Europe. Oh, okay. Coming in at 72. This was 87 on Brady's list. 83 on Matthew's. Oh, yeah. And our boy, Andrew, <laughs> number 
two. <laughs> number two. Number two game point. of what all a wild man. time. I respect it. Uh, I'm interested man. in what his number one I didn't is. put Apier that he, high. It's like Tom Bassett um, here. Yeah, with Art Nova Grace. Airlines yeah. Europe is Alan Moon, so developer of uh, Ticket to Ride or Designer yeah. Ticket to Ride. This is a game that Brady brought out. He's been wanting to play for a while, and he's wanted to have yeah. all five players. Back November, you brought this out, I think. This was just mm-hmm. a couple months ago that we played this. Yeah. And I think this is fantastic. I think it's a great next step from a ticket to ride game where it adds more agency to the strategy. And then there's also more impactful things that you're doing with how you're putting stock into companies and you have the shared infrastructure of, well, we're all trying to build out this company and I need to work with Matthew of him and I have stock in it so that we can, you know, connect these valuable routes, but also I want to have more stock in, in it than him so that when the scoring rounds trigger, you know, it goes off. And yeah, I think you get number one. Andrew said he really, really loves that kind of deck mechanism where you don't really know when a scoring round is going to happen or when the game's going to end. You have to kind of pull that card yeah, yeah, yeah. and know and, and kind of push your luck up. Ooh, I could draw this card. And that just created some such fun tension at the end of um, the game. So if I was making a top 10 surprises, this would be right up at the oh, top yeah. of the list. Obviously, it's not from uh, 2023, uh, but for new to me games, this was one that I think really, really hit pretty yeah. hard. And if you go back and listen to the episode, we ranted and raved all over it because no this is obviously not the greatest game ever but i feel like for the weight class it's in and what it's trying to do i think it knocks it out of the park yeah as that next level of game after a ticket to ride s game i I thought it was fantastic and it's a good for i love stock market games this is a Mm -hmm. good first stock market game really is holy Uh, i mean there is a ticket to ride pennsylvania uh, but this is a lot we more don't interesting. Want we want airlines Europe. Yeah, and even for for heavier gamers, we still all really enjoyed it. Which I think that is a great testament is that you can play this with the family or with people oh, yeah. of different gaming experiences and still really enjoy it. Absolutely. All right, coming up in at seventy one is another Brady find. Uh, oh boy, that was highly touted as the Blood Rage Killer. This was this not on my is, list. I can tell you that. I think he said that a bit facetiously, but that is going to be Bunny Kingdom. So I, this, I said it sort of facetiously. The, I mean, the draft gives me a the very same Blood similar yeah, attention yeah, sure. to Blood Rage. Yeah. The actual gameplay. So we played this as a group at PAX, uh, not this year, but the previous year. Um, I've played this a couple times now online. So this is 90th on my list, 53rd on Jacobs, 114 on David's. I think this is a fantastic drafted game where you are targeting some area control spots but there's also some other strategies you can leverage through some of the parchment cards some of the treasure cards um it's very very quick too at least when mm-hmm. i've played online it's so fast online what player counts were you playing i was playing it i put it at two i put it at four and three all online see we played uh, at five and i think i would enjoy it better at three or four I think you would enjoy it more online, partially because when you're hovering over a card, it highlights the, the spot on the board because it's a grid uh, with letters yeah, and numbers. That would be nice. And one of the longest parts of the game is you're looking at your hand and you're saying, all right, well, this card is here and this card is here. So yeah, yeah, yeah. online really helped me kind of understand, all right, this is just a pretty quick, snappy drafting game. Um, I really enjoy it. I could see this going higher up on my list. I've just really enjoyed playing it. But Brady, it's pretty high on yours. So what are some of your favorite things about it? Yeah, I will say this. We were talking about big surprises. Maybe some of my highest games have been big surprises. My friend uh, Jake from Knoxville uh, introduced me to this game, I and I had heard of it. This is an oldie, actually, yeah. from the bygone generation. Um, and so, but I really knew, I know nothing about it going in, and that draft hit me so hard, just like Blood Rage does. 
And we, I think we played it like two or three times that night and then maybe a couple more times that weekend. Um, and yeah, it's great. Yeah. But very similar tension to Blood Rage, but in a, in a much more, in a much snappier and a much more like newbie friendly yeah. game. Definitely so more you, focused on the drafting. Yeah. And even like, you know, when you're coming over to your family and you're like, do you guys want to play Blood Rage right, or yeah, Bunny Kingdom? You know? you know? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Coming up next, speaking of Blood Rage, we've got an entry in the Eric Lang trilogy here at number 70. This is going to be Ankh, Gods of Egypt. I would say this was this one was of you. Was you, John. my most anticipated games. I don't even back it. When I first got into gaming, Blood Rage was, was king, and it's still one of our favorite games. And Ankh was kind of in development and getting ready to deliver. So I had a ton of anticipation for Ankh, even though I, I didn't back it. And I played it like three times in one weekend with my in-laws. Um, absolutely loved it. Came back, played it with U5 and got some mixed reviews. Had the infamous quote of we played a two and a half hour game of Blood Rage and then, or of Ankh. And then we sit down <laughs> afterwards and we break Wait, out Liar's, uh, Dice. Liar's Dice. And Matthew just looks up and said, this is the most fun I've had all day. Yeah. And, uh, and so I think Ankh was a little polarizing because I think people had a lot of expectations in the game. And that's is, not just in our group. That's kind of like everywhere. Oh, you know? Agreed. Totally. Yeah. And well, the game is just different than it has a lot of new rage. It's different than yes. rising sun in, um, in a way that I think is kind of deceptive in, a, in that it's not really about combat. It's really about kind of using combat as a resource to build monuments, to activate point scoring combat cards. But again, there's all that deceptive. They're called combat cards, but oftentimes the best play is to use your combat card to gain to points. strategically lose. Yeah. Right. And so, and it's not just about losing. There's good strategies for winning too. Um, but I really like the the god powers. I like the different monsters that come out. Um, Where did I have this on my list? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. So this was 63rd on Matthews, 45th on mine, 48 on Jacob's. 162 on David's. And I think the player count was the other thing I was yes. going to get to. Five at players, five. not a chance. I will never I will never sit down and play this game at five. So I, I don't think I've not played it at two. I would really like to. I think that would be really interesting to well, try. Well, didn't you? Or it may have been, um, Jake, I think Jacob and I may have played it too. Right. But when we switched to two or even three players, I loved it so much more because so much of it is being able to trigger the these bonuses yeah. when certain, when enough actions have been taken or certain actions have been taken game events trigger yeah. and being able to position yourself for when those happen is, is make or break it in this game really. And that's where the, 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 the lower player count helps because in a five player count game, multiple th- those can happen before it even gets back to your turn. And you yeah. were never in position to benefit from any of them. It's like the game is just happening and I'm yeah. just sitting here experiencing it. Sure. Yeah, no especially agency. when you're in last place and you, you get merged and then the person just <laughs> takes your stuff and, and you go sit on the couch. That's my favorite part. Yeah. So but I would, you don't have to play The only thing that. I'll say is I had a really epic game and I think, I don't know if Byron and, and Ryan listened to the podcast. I think they do, but my brother-in-law, um, him and I merged and we had the greatest combination of God powers where he was, um, the crocodile and I'm, I'm blanking on all those names in the, in the moment. So I apologize because I love mythology. Um, he was, uh, Oh, I'm, I don't want to say something wrong, but he was a crocodile, so you could be in the water Anubis? places. Isn't it? No, isn't no, it's, uh, it's no, not Anubis is either. the wolf. Uh, Sobek. Sobek, thank you. Yeah, so Sobek. he was Sobek, and I think I was Anubis, and we basically got into a water space where our god could be in three different combats at once, and we had the merge double god powers, and we, in that one turn, went from the bottom 
to the top and won in that last combat by like two points. And it was only because we were able to do this. So I think the merge, if if the person who's in last is like absolutely tanked. But they have to position themselves when they, like, I know right. I'm in last, I'm going to lose. Right. So that's what that's yeah. what I did. I was the one who was, was low, right? Because Ryan was the one who was doing better. Um, but we merged and we had set ourselves up relatively well for a very powerful, it's, it's just a catch up mechanism really. Um, but it, it, it catch up mechanisms either work well or they don't. And I think that's a mechanic that from game to game will definitely be really swingy because not a lot of people want to, want to say, Hey, yeah, I'm in last. So now I'm going to put in a lot of effort to try to position myself so that somebody else can then do all take the, over my stuff. can all take over everything, you know, yeah. it's um, at least interesting. So, yeah. yeah. So that is Ankh, our number 70. Number 69 is a game that I don't think either of you guys have played, so you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, this one has been propped up by David, Jacob, and myself, and this is Wizards of the Grimoire. No, so this was this not is on one that I want either of your lists. It was 60th on mine, 43rd on David's, and 43rd on Jacob's. So direct crossover there. Quick summary of Wizards of the Grimoire. This is a game I've only played digitally, and I know Jacob backed the Kickstarter. This is a 1v1 kind of dueling card game. Um, where you're drafting abilities or spells from a shared pool. So there's like a market of 10 cards and you take turns at the very beginning of the game, drafting unique spells. They might say deal for damage or pick a mana card off of one of your spells, or there's some more intricate ones. Those are just simply um, what it is. And so you're managing a limited resource of these mana cards that have different values on them to activate your spells to deal damage to your opponent. So you both start at 50 health and you have to eliminate the opponent before they eliminate you. It's just a very snappy, fun drafting and kind of hand management, resource management game. Um, it's some really tight back and forth where usually it's pretty close towards the end of the game. Um, you don't usually have a big blowout win unless you assemble like a super cool combo. But um, when Matthew talks about how much he likes Apiary, he's just dreaming of the combos that he could do in Wizards of the Grimoire, because this is a game <laughs> that really does allow you to combo off and build your own strategy. Um, but there's some restrictions because your opponents can actually stop you from doing different things as opposed to uh, another game. But um, I really enjoy Wizards of the Grimoire. Um, I really think you guys would enjoy it, especially with how much you enjoy 1v1 games. This isn't a Watergate, you know, strategic um, game of attrition. This is very much like a punch you in the face type five minute, 10 minute game. So um, I really enjoy it. That's Wizards of the Grimoire. Maybe one day we'll play it. Maybe. All Maybe right. one day. I want to play physical form. Jacob did back the Kickstarter, I believe. Out of here. Um, all right. Number 68 is Fugitive. This is a game by Fowers Games. I believe we actually got to meet him at uh, PAX. He's a super nice guy. Um, this is another 1v1 game where one player is playing as the fugitive, trying to go from hideout to hideout to escape, and then they have a detective on their trail. It's a U.S. Marshal. It is a, a deduction game um, with some hidden list? movement. This is not on your list, Brady. Well, I was about to say, I, I, um, I brought it to the group, but it's it's not really on my list. Yeah, Did you so. forget to rank it or just? No, it's a oh. two-player game. It is uh, 60th on Matthew's list. It is very high in the 100s for me. I, that was only based on one play. Um, I probably rated higher now that I played it more. 35 on Jacobs. He really likes this one. And 50th on David's. So um, Fugitive, I really enjoy it. I think it's a fun two-player game. Matthew, I don't know if you've played it with Abby. This might be one she would enjoy. We played it once, I believe. Yeah. And we played a couple times. Um, yeah, I think it's great. It's very simple, very straightforward, and you'd almost feel like when you get started that it's almost too simple to really be that interesting. Um, but it's great because there's a lot of ways that you can 
um, kind of trick the U.S. Marshal because essentially when you play cards, you can only play. There's essentially a deck of cards you're trying to go from like I think zero well, to zero 52. Um, and so when you play a number card, you play it face down, but the number card can only be so many numbers away from the last card one you that you played. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the detective knows that, but then you can boost it. So spending cards face down to boost it one or two extra spaces, but cards are a resource in the game. Mm-hmm. And at the end of your turn, you can draw a card and you can either draw from the one to three stacks. I think it goes like from one to 15, then yeah, from 15 to three equal stacks. 30, then 31 to 45. And so do I keep drawing cards from where I think I'm going to be or do I draw cards from where I am right now? Because if you run out of the cards or if you don't have the cards in your hand that are within a certain number of one previously played, you're stuck just drawing cards while the Mm -hmm. U.S. Marshal can take time to try to guess. And the Marshal, I think, has a great job of, of I that's my favorite role to play is that I have my little tracker on my little little notepad. And it's like, well, if this is true, then this can't be true. And I like that kind of deduction game. And then um, I can call out, you know, is this number one you've been to? And then they yep. either reveal it or they don't. Um, I, I think it's great. I think where I'm I haven't at, even played any like the scenarios or. I didn't even know there uh, were scenarios. There, there's like some extra cards. Um, but it, it has me intrigued to play run, but not yeah. intrigued enough to buy run. So. Sure. Yeah. That's if, run I, is, if I play it and, and love it, I will buy it, but I don't want to buy it. Just and try it. Yeah. Yeah. Run. We should have Increases the complexity of it. Yeah, but it's sure. a, it's like a true hidden movement game where yes. the fugitive. It's more of a deduction game. It's more of a deduction game. Yeah, Kinda bluffing like mind management. Yeah, I think yeah. with fugitive, yes. I think the the marshal is by far the more fun role to play. I've played them both. Um, oh, a fugitive all day. Really, I think that's why I enjoy playing it with you, Brandon. You're you can... kind of just stuck with the cards that you have. Sometimes I feel like you're more linear in your strategy, but maybe I'm wrong. I've only played it twice. So, um, anyways, that is Fugitive. All right. We are cracking my top 20 with this next pick here, Matthew. Uh, we've got 67. I am offended, Matthew, that this is not on your list. It's uh, probably replaced by Sea Salt and Paper um, or something like Revive. Um, this is Tammany Hall, Matthew. Tammany Hall was not on your list, and I'm upset about that. Number 67. Um, it was 17th on mine. 99 on Jacobs and it was 28 on Andrews. Shout out Andrew for backing me up on that one. Um, Tammany Hall is oh. in my mind a very good area control tight tight game um, where you are <laughs> Brady's laughing because he really doesn't like this game. Well, uh, I, this is another only play the last round game, so we're yeah, gonna just there it is. state that's why Brady doesn't like it. Well, I what um, I think in this game is that if it's not con- the the if players don't control the balance on the board, so when gets so far ahead, yeah. then it feels like that. Yeah, because basically there's a bunch of different regions. You're putting cubes out there to try to gain control over the region, and when you do, you get certain bonuses. You have a kind of secondary factions you're interacting with that give you extra power. Um, to spend in said regions. Um, and then there's some area control scoring at the end. I think this is just a fantastic game. I like the the tightness of it. I like how, um, you know, sharp it is in the sense of, you know, it is really, really mean in some regards. Um, yeah, I think that that's the main thing. Like, I, I can see why you guys like this, but this one's just, it's too mean and too just bash a leader the whole yeah. time for me. I mean, it's literally Gangs of New York. It is, yeah, right. Yeah. And and I totally respect that, Brady. And I think another cool thing just to say about this game that I like is that I believe it's the player who scores the highest gets to give asymmetric powers out to all of the other players. They get to decide where they go. And I just think that's a really cool... 
yeah. way that that works where you get a, basically as the first player, you don't get a very powerful ability and you have to give these different abilities that are very strong out to other players. And you're kind of thinking, all right, how can I maintain my position as, you know, the mob boss, right? Um, but yeah, if, if, if it's not your your kind of thing to have some pretty, I'd say pretty take that uh, type gameplay and um, definitely a more intense last round or more important kind of last round of the game than earlier rounds. Uh, this isn't the game for you. Um, yeah, that's okay. The, the the make or break point really. This game is balanced by players on the board yeah. uh, at the yeah. game table, similar to the root, where I think this has the biggest difference is that root is that has people can influence that status of someone in the lead a whole lot quicker and easier than they can in Tammany Hall sometimes yeah. just because of positioning mm-hmm. um and so you you could very easily have a very poor play experience if people aren't don't know how to self-balance the sure. game Absolutely. and that because sometimes it's like yes it could, this could give me a point now but i need influence here so they don't get like five points and then it sure. snowballs i thought you really enjoyed this so i was surprised it fell off of your list i don't know if you just missed it or it was right at it was right at the like cuff it. um gotcha. the cusp the cusp because last year it was i have 12. a sinking suspicion yeah, 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 yeah. last year it was 12 on your list wow. from well, 12 to off the list as, as much as brady likes to think my goal is to just defy him and be his antithesis of every move i i think brady and i have a lot of similar tastes and when brady doesn't feel or enjoy a game that does affect my enjoyment of it as well I'd so agree with that too that uh that wow. that did sour a little bit but i i because what i just said i mean the game does present itself the opportunity to feel well, we're just out of this because I think the last game we played, you we could we kind of called it because we could mathematically see there was no way for anyone to yeah. catch up to where we and were. Which always it. feels bad in a game. Like, yeah, Matt always feels bad for the person that's winning too. You're like, oh yeah. well, I've done really well. well you earned and now it. You I don't earned get it. A, it doesn't feel like it. But though, like, there's nothing like, if no one if no one can physically do anything, no matter any permutation, because you can't lose these points. But there's no way for any of us to gain the amount of points we needed, even if we were working together. Right. It's like you've you've hit that win condition. Yeah. Um, that's why I appreciate Pax uh, Pamir is that, yes, at the end of the game, who had the most points, but if at any point in time anyone was like X number of points ahead of someone else, that's also like a in-game condition, yeah, which I nice. think is an interesting mechanic that I don't know I've seen in a lot of the games yeah. Yeah. with like, keeping track of scores as you go. All yep. right. We're probably going to need to speed round these a little bit. Yeah. What are we on, 66? 66. Um, Tiger, we say that every time on <laughs> the podcast, and then we talk about it more. We love games. What can we say? I know. Um, we're here for the listeners. Um, Tigris and Euphrates is our number 66. This is, How did this make yeah, it? This is on nobody's list here in this room. Um, 41 on Jacob's, 53 on David's, 44 on Andrew's. I, I don't, don't have, have much to say. I, we don't have much to say. Reiner Knizia Classic, it was at no, one point, I think, the second, this one. It's, it's, second game of all time. It's the we most have, complicated, simple game I've ever played. That is that is a fantastic description. Yeah. Um, because I don't. we've always had to kind of read yeah, Every, everybody's, like, everybody's like, oh, this is so simple. I'm like, well, how do you play? And they're like, well, let me read the rule book for Yeah, it's not minutes. intuitive, but I will say once we start getting and playing it, it's one of those games where, okay, now I see the simplicity, but there's a lot of strategy. Yeah. Um, but it's just one of those games that doesn't pop into my mind when I'm not playing it. And that's it. the thing that keeps, us, that it keeps us from playing it. Like, I think it would be higher on all of our lists if we, if we didn't yep. have to read the rule book for 30 minutes to play the game. Agreed. All right, number 65 is an old Simon classic, Dogs of War. This did not make Matthew or Brady's list, or Andrew's, I don't think he's played. But this was 62 on mine, 24 on Jacob's, and 52nd on David's. This was, in my mind, a pretty unique take on kind of area control slash worker placement 
type game where you've got these different columns or battles that you're putting units towards that are giving you bonuses, but you've got different strengths that you're contributing. And at the end of the round, there's kind of a check of who has the most strength in each area to get points and score bonuses. Um, I thought this was a really unique game. It was an old one. Um, yeah. David yeah. brought it out. Brady, I, I thought you had said that year. you had recently rewind to like play it again or try it out again or that you yeah, thought yeah. it was a good game. I'm surprised I, it didn't make your top 100. Well, we've only played it once, and it wasn't the best play experience ever uh, without going into, de- into detail. But um, I know I, I would want to It's play definitely this very unique. It's, yeah. But it's extremely hard to find. David's, it's out of print. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, David's got the only copy. If they were to bring this back and freshen it up a little bit, I'd probably back it. Yeah. It is a 2014. The art is not very pretty, I would say. You do have some asymmetric Simon just surprises me. Like they have these random yeah. Euro games like they'll put out. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, that is number 65, Dogs of War. Number 64 is a game I know both of you two can talk about for quite a while. And that is Rhinelander. This True. was 28 on Brady's, 45 on John's. and Or I'm sorry, 45 on Matthew's. 64 on my list and 107 on All right, I don't Jacob's. get to talk about this game enough because is it you. is a sleeper. It's a sleeper. Yes. And here's the thing. What I'd I love, hunt this thing down on eBay. Yeah. Well, what I love about this game and what I like in games in general, like this, this is the difference between Blue Lagoon and what is it? Shanghai? Samurai? Samurai. Um, it's pronounced Shanghai, by the way. Shanghai? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... In in Samurai or in Blue, let's let's start with Blue Lagoon. You're you're kind of moving towards these things, but if people are kind of threatening you, you can see it and you can judge for yourself whether it is worth um, kind of fighting back or mm-hmm. whether you're going to go. Nope, like I'm going to let you have that and I'm going to go this different. Not direction. spend the resources. This it's like this in um, Rhinelander, like where this game is kind of fighty-fighty, but you get to choose. Nobody's pulling out these crazy cards that just destroy you and flip the board yeah. and whatever, and they can say, gotcha. You are like seeing moves coming from a mile away, and you get to decide, hmm, am I going to spend the resources am to I fight, fight in this yeah. area, or am I going to relinquish that to that player, uh, maybe push back a little bit to slow them down, and you know, focus over here or whatever. Yeah. And I just, I love that it's it's dead simple. Yeah, because the thing is, even if you, well, the premise is you're trying to create a, a duchy, which is a group of your land you control in a row. But if someone's group combines with your group, whoever had the most influence now controls that region. Yep. They use yours as control, mm-hmm. but you can still keep adding on to yours. And then it's kind of like you know, put my hand over your hand. And so it's mm-hmm. like in, it's in, in a lot of games where you do a quote unquote combat, loser loses everything, have to restart over. But in this game, what you worked on is still out there and you can come back and reclaim it. Yep. So yep. it's not punitive. It's You can almost let someone think they have control and then they go off and do someone else and you kind of sneak back in real yeah, quick yeah, and yeah, take yeah. control towards the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a, it's a great... I mean, honestly, it would be higher on my list if there weren't... If it, was a, if it wasn't such a it's lighter family weight game, that obviously kind of holds it back a little bit on my list. Uh, but if we were doing a... <laughs> Matthew's definition. If we were doing a ticket to ride family weight uh, top 100 game list. Uh, this would be top 10. I don't right. think this is family weight. It's like saying I've played like it with my family. Family weight, and I, they were able to get it. I was, also played Great Western Trail with your family. Well, I essentially were taking go? their was turns for them. I was yes. telling them what to do on their turns. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, we do have a family weight game coming in next. Um, I'm surprised to see this is not on Brady's list. This is Kanban 
TV. <laughs> family? Not, not a family weight game. Um, this is 27th on Matthews, 13th on mine, and 86 on Jacobs. This is my favorite or my most highly rated um, Lacerda game. Same. I just, I love it. I think the art is fantastic. The actions are all intricate yet logical, which is a part yeah. of his games that I think makes sense. Everything you're doing in this game makes sense. I enjoy the point scoring engine that you build. I really feel like you have true control over your strategy, ways to get around other people, maybe taking something that you wanted. Um, and then just Sandra, man, I just, I, I see her. I love dreams. that mechanic. Um, if, take, Punish take it, me. Punish take me. it out of the Lacerda, take it out of that way. It, it's a worker placement game, but there is kind of this, this, this presence that's going around that's evaluating. It's a like demon. a demon. A demon. <laughs> yeah. The uh, capitalist. Yeah. HR. Uh, but I, I like that idea where like there's just kind of a a forward momentum push to where uh, when you do your work replacement actions, if you're not keeping up with standards, yeah. uh, you can get punished there. It's like that almost, and there's like uh, in each department there are like these quality assessments mm-hmm. of like how how skilled you are in each department, mm-hmm. and if you're not if you're not working well enough in different departments, you could you know lose some stuff yeah. because of it. And so I, I think it's that constant forward momentum push. And I think of all of his games, to me at least, it's the one that's most intuitive. Sure. And so it, it's the one that the, you just use that reference a play rate, which I think is fantastic yep. and you're ready to go. Uh, and, and we talked about it when we were talking about the gallers, I think the other week was yeah. on, on the list. Uh, Brady, this was still one we mentioned that I think you, we, we think you would really enjoy at, at three. Here's the thing. I'm open to that one, but all of the other Lacerda's have just, they're, they're just way too much for me. So. <laughs> That's but right. I, I'm well, you've had a rough Gallus. experience with On Mars in the past. We've talked about <laughs> several experiences. Anyways, um, that is Kanban V, a very favorite game of, I would say, Matthew and I, both in our, our kind of top 25s uh, area. So coming up next is a game that on this podcast. What number what, are we at? We are at 62. Was noted as a quintessential worker, uh, worker placement game. Lost Runes of Arnhem. Stone Age. Oh, Stone Age. Man. Is it really Stone this Age? Was, this was your quintessential Arnag, worker placement. Oh, Arnak was your deck builder. That was still, still to this date your worst take on this um, podcast. I, I think, <laughs> I think Stone Age is, is, I still hold to that. I absolutely love Stone Age. Abby and I, we played a, a lot of it two player. She really enjoys it. Yeah. Uh, I think this, this just does intro to worker placement so, 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 so good. It's, it is one of the most just solid games. Like it is not going to blow your mind. It's tight. There's nothing fancy, but it is rock solid. And I think I still to this day, we've played a lot of games since the early days of Stone Age. I I think the resource gathering mechanism is one of the best resource gathering mechanisms in like any game that I've played. Really? Yes. That's a that's a big statement. I mean, it's it, it's great. Like yeah. the tension of going. Of, it's a risk but. of dividing, um, of having each resource be a number, and then the the number of workers you send to that gives you a dice, and D6. you divide the total by that number. It's great. But then you can also get tools that you can acquire throughout the game yes, to increase yeah. increase that that value there. Um, so and good. you can kind of do your risk reward. You know, do I want to really guarantee I get the resources I need to build something or get yeah. cards? Or you can be a maniac and be like, "Who cares about tools? I'm just going to go out there and hit them with my face." Yeah, uh, it, it is. It's so good. And, and like you said, it it is it is solid. Like there's, it's clean. It's straightforward. It just sings every this single time I play. It. I still get so much enjoyment playing it. Dozens and dozens of it's plays. Great. It's a game that I haven't played in probably like close to ten years, maybe. 
And for a game that I haven't played in 10 years to still be at the top of my mind and, and yeah. make it on the list. 52 is, on your list. I will yeah. say that the more you play it, the game, kind of almost the same way that um, Great Western Trail, once we saw, got into the optimizations of strategies, kind of open up, you can kind of, there's like competitive Stone Age players out there uh, to where like the game almost becomes a race, <laughs> um, the way you're optimizing certain actions to trigger in game. Because in these type of Euros, sometimes... Um, triggering the game end is advantageous because you didn't quote unquote oh I didn't have a fantastic score but if I cause the game to end right now my score may just be higher than the other opponents I have opponents. I so, that, does that make sense I guess so but I'm not trying to enter some Matthew league is. of Stone Age this was 38 yeah. on your list Matthew 52 on Brady's and propped up in this high list by Andrew having this at 35 so that was Stone Age there we go alright we've got 11 more games up next is a game that's pronunciation is very contentious in this group. Uh, 61 is Cyclades, Cyclades. or Cyclades, as it is correctly it's called. Cyclades. Uh, this is Brady's Cyclades. 22nd, Matthew's 86. This was above my 100 at 124, Jacob 108. David put this at 17. Where, where did I have it again? You I had, had it a, at I did. 86. Okay. You know, I thought it was pretty low. I didn't think David liked this as much as apparently he's he does. the only <laughs> exciting part about this game is the auction, the bidding, or the bidding, and the bidding is great. And it's enough. Yeah, I, th- I think it's I don't enough. know if it's enough for me, but um, because also, I'm being sold a, a big, you know, dudes on a map type game, but well, it is really the best part of that game is the bidding, and I could care less about how the actual game plays out. See, um, to me, I, I. I agree with that part, but I really enjoy the board presence when we add the, what were they, the the Giants? The yeah. Titans. The Titans. Titans. We both love it, but I totally disagree with you on that. And I have backed the newest edition of it from... Yes. Is it Matigo that's doing it? Matigo did the Matico original did ones. The new one. Yeah. I don't know if they're doing the, the new edition. Anyways, so they've made a couple of changes in this one that I think are like are just... Perfect. And I think they're going to take it to 11. And, and the reason I like the Titans is because how can you do a dudes on the map area control game with only one person each round and gets to do a movement? And that is what I love about it. But the because thing is, like, again, you could theoretically, even if you were spending everything you have, you could not do any movement and have no, like, you had, need to have some kind of agency on the board. And the Titans gave you just a auxiliary way. It wasn't as great as doing, like, the movement action on the bidding but allowed you to still do yeah. something so you're not just getting hosed. I can see Brady's perspective here, though, but what he's saying is that's what makes it different yeah. than other dudes on a map game is yeah. Yeah, but knowing that there's that limitation. One person doing one movement action, that just that doesn't Right, well, then you need to change your perspective of how you're approaching the strategy of the game because you, if you're not doing a movement, you need to be progressing your strategy some other way. So it basically forces you to not be full out. But you only win the game, though, if you control areas that have been developed or those cities. Like, you can't win the game without the dudes on the map part. And only, well, you can win it without combat if you build up a city with a different monument. You have to control it, right? right? But yep. you could already be there is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, yes, you obviously want to do combat, which is why there's an action that you can go do to do co- uh, movement. Yeah. But well, let me ask you this. Would you want a little auxiliary way to do every god no okay no but i think movement is such a just a basic premise of being movement is you need it need you have need to have movement because it positions you to then use the other god's abilities right because they're god's abilities that are more advantageous in different positions it's like yeah i could win zeus's ability or whatever it is but because i'm not in position it's like everything has to go through the most simple of action that everyone needs to do to even make the other actions worthwhile. 
That's where the Titans yeah. to came me, in to at least help help make other actions more beneficial. To me, it, it takes away the tension, but it also takes away from like the planning because it, it really you only like Matthew said in the base game you only get to do one thing per turn, and so you kind of have to plan out like multiple turns ahead. And so if you aren't able to move, then you can you know do something else. You can kind of move. You can set your boats up to then be prepared to move the next round or whatever. But you so just I, not win that bid for three or four turns in a row and you're just kind of sitting there. Well, if you're not doing, if you haven't won it for three turns in a row and you go down to like the feast where you're able to make more money and then you still can't win it, you're just bad at the game. Yeah. Like really bad at it. But the thing is, with, if you're playing if you're not people, winning it, you're not spending But the thing is that it. if yeah. you five people, everyone is wanting to do the move. And not so every, no, turn, that's though. not true. That's not true. You can't. I would like to play it again without time. the Titans. I had a really sour experience with the team play last time we played. Well, I'm not saying yeah, team play. I'm not saying team play. That was a big mistake. But um, I would like to play. <laughs> without I'm the curious Titans to see what they because I didn't get the chance to play without them at the start. Yeah. So, um, anyways, that is uh, Cyclades are 61. <laughs> Cyclades. <laughs> Going to number 60 is a great game. This is Agizia Shifting Sands. <laughs> this is one that all three of us agree on. 37 on Brady. 22 on. Matthews and 59 on mine. It was in the low 100s for Jacob and 152 for David. Oh, this is the viticulture killer, baby. What do you like the most about Agizia, Matthew? It is that if I, it, it's all about value proposition. If I value an action high enough, I can forfeit half of the actions in the board that I could take that round and go down the river halfway and secure that action very first turn. Right, but I, if I do that, I know that my opponents, because the round only ends once everyone has gone through, and if I do that, then I allow my opponents to slow ball and take a lot of smaller actions. Yeah. But again, each action can be valued different to each person, um, and I, I that tension alone, I think, is fantastic. And obviously, there's monuments you can build in the pyramids, and so you're competing over some of these area control production. Um, as well. Well, I think one of the, I, I, obviously the track is the main thing. It's, it's the ratchet track. You can go, you can go as far down as you want, but you can never go back. That's, that's the main draw here. But the production where you, I guess, is it you feed your people? Um, you have different cards that you can get and they only generate you resources depending on what season we're in. So if we're in like the drought season, then only the people who, have the drought cards can can generate themselves yeah, resources. Yeah. And how it works is the drought cards are high. Well, the thing is, well, how it works is that green cards will always produce. Yellow cards will only produce in green or yellow, and like red will only do in red. Something like that. Like green yeah. green cards give you less food, but they're more safe. Yellow and then red cards give you exceedingly more resources, but they only trigger in in a certain season. Does that yeah, make yeah. sense? Yes. The rules a little, it's not the exact, but that's a concept is that some are safer, but less valuable, higher risk, high reward. Yeah, and manipulating yeah. that is huge. It is huge. And so, you know, if, if you have kind of prepared yourself for the drought, you want it to be a drought baby, because that means you're going to starve out all of your other opponents yeah. who weren't ready for the rainy day um, or the not rainy day. Uh, if <laughs> it's a drought. Um, and so I like that. Yeah, this is this is a solid yeah. one that we just need to play more often. Yeah, you know, and because like, half the river is like player, is right? half yeah, up to four. Because the right side of the river going down is is like action locations, going and building palisades and those kind of things, going for in game objectives. But then the other side of the board are like like kind of engine building cards, getting more workers, mm-hmm. resource production, special abilities. And there's some really cool, unique abilities that allow you to like bring out a second ship or like go backwards and 
claim something you already passed up. Um, yeah, that tension, like if I wanted to, I could go to the very end of that track at the very first turn. Um, and you've, you've had that experience, like you overvalued and like you went down there like, oh my gosh, like no one else is valuing this as much as I am this round. And now we're all just, just, just eating yeah. it in, all yeah. these resources. And th- that that's the kind of tension that's like, it's a feels bad in a way that like I did it to myself, but it's like, you can almost laugh at it as like, I'm going to learn from this. Um, I think that's great. This yep. is constant tension all the way throughout. Love it. Matthew, I'm proud of you for making it all the way through an explanation of Egizia without bringing up that one game where you host me. Good job. <laughs> Why does he want to bring that up, Brady? What I was the situation? Did I just go? Oh, don't even. At the very, even. I think it was like oh, at the very beginning it. of the round, I went down there and sniped your spot or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that's Something's exactly like, what I'm talking about. That's you what can, he loves. Yep. All right, number 59 is another Lacerda. Um, and this one's propped up thanks to our buddy David jumping in on this one. This is on Mars. So this was 81 <gasps> on uh, Matthews, 25 on mine, 216 on Jacobs. Um, that's pretty low. Brady's, this is on Brady's negative list. Like <laughs> negative zero. David's. I think this is a fantastic Lacerda. I love the balance between again. being in space, being on the planet. The actions are meaty. Again, classic Lacerda. They're complex, but they're logical. They're procedural. What you're doing makes sense um, if you are taught the game effectively. Um, Brady's red alert sign internally is just going off like crazy but, right uh, now. We've talked about one Lacerda. I feel like you can talk about them all pretty similar. We love them because they're heavy weight games. They do take a little while, but you get so much satisfaction when you're playing them based on what you're doing. The yeah. different they reward the effort you to. put into learning them. And Brady's three failed attempts at learning and playing the game is still like one of my favorite like memories that I wasn't a part of them, but just the stories from them just just yeah they're just give me every time. Yeah. My thing is with with on Mars, you know it's it's very heavy, and I'm getting to the point where a game that heavy only has room for ten percent of my collection. So if I have a hundred games, only ten of them can be that heavy, and so it's that's like pretty that's, heavy. That's a heavy. Uh, it needs to be great. It is very heavy. It, it needs well. It needs to be. It needs to be great, like that, like Matthew yeah. said. It's the like heaviest it's, one of his that we've played, I believe. If I can only have 10 games like that that I'm realistically going to play in any given year, then it's got to be amazing. And for me... I'd say On Mars is the heaviest game outside of John Company that I have. And that one, we definitely need to play again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, David's dying whenever we talk about John Company. Yeah. It was on his... Uh, Jiminy, my man. We haven't even gotten to Jiminy yet uh, on this list. Yeah, right. Um, Straight killing. All right, fifty-eight, Brady. This is a, a shout out to you right here. Foundations of Rome. This was seven ah, on this your is list. My wheelhouse, right? Not here, on boys. Matthews. Seventy-nine on mine. Thirty-one on Jacobs. It was in David's. Uh, I, I will say, Brady, your most recent play was a lot more enjoyable. I don't know what it was about it that was different. This is Brady's time. Okay, give me, give me, beautiful, mind-blowing production. Got it. Give me simple. You do one thing on your turn gameplay. Got yep. it. Give me the most tensionous timing slash area control on the board. I'm that's salivating. What the, yeah, that, that's yeah. what this is. It's just so good. This is like more or less ticket to ride level uh, a game that looks like that. You know, the only thing about the production that it can be unfortunate is that it is so grandiose that a it, lot of people are like intimidated. Yeah, they're intimidating. They're like that. That is bigger than of- my child. <laughs> um, there's no way this game is easy. And I'm like, no, th- this game is actually really simple and great. And I 
love playing it. It's the only yeah. it's the only box that came with my name printed yeah. on it. Only two things in it hold me back from putting on this list very highly. Because all the things you mentioned, I love in it. That like, hey, you don't do this action. I'll pay you something. We trade cards. Mm-hmm. All that's in there. I want more of it. Like you talk about with the one Chinatown. The two things that get me is that this is very much a rich get richer steamrolling type of game. Um, and I'll what? explain for, I'll explain for a second. Okay. No. Cause there, especially if you get some of these special buildings early well. on, uh, in the game, an example is this is let's say at the end of, cause no one ever, you're not losing things when you play this game, right? What you had in round one, you're just adding to it and scoring on top of that, adding to it and scoring on top of that round three. So let's just say, for example, Brady had a, let's just say 15 point scoring engine that he set up at the end of round one. Cause he got one of these special buildings out. I had five, right? Let's say Brady doesn't do a single thing in round two. By round in round two, he has 30 points. Because he just, hey, I, what I did in round one, I'm not going to add to it, just score it again. So at the end of round two, he has 30 points. Uh, I have to do 20 points of new things just to even tie what he did in round one. Yeah, right? But, but that's usually, not going to be the case, but he's adding on, to, on, on top of it. But usually I have given up a lot. Like if you have that much engine going on in the first round, most likely you've given up a lot. Well, I think some of those special buildings track. are really, really powerful for their the re- requirements. It, and that's usually where well, it's happened is someone gets a hold so. of these, one of these special buildings and then they get that big pop. And so it, does that kind of make sense how I'm explaining how the point scaling it keeps does. going and going? It does. But it feels I, insurmountable. I have played the game if you're bad. a lot more than you and it... It is just not as bad as, as you think. Yeah, it is. and I still don't like how they do the population scoring, people not doing anything, potentially score that, a lot of points. I, that I kind of understand, but again, I've, I've played it a lot more, and it it, yeah. it is less impactful than I think you think it is. the The other thing is this is kind of like an an expansion or whatever to it, but I think it has the best stealing mechanism of any game yes. anywhere. Um, so it basically in order to steal and you can also trade, but in order to steal someone's spot that they have worked for, that they, um, you know, have been planning for forever, uh, you have to have, you, you have to like set it up to do. So first of all, you have to have two adjacent locations. So first I can see it coming again from, an, there's no gotcha. There's no instant boom. All of a sudden you've taken everything away from me. Um, and, Whenever you do steal, you give me points. So you take away points from yourself. You give me a token that says two points. It f- when it comes to me, it flips to four points. So we have a, a difference of six points there. And then I can use that token to trade with someone else. And so stealing is one of those things where, you number one, you can see it coming. And then number two, it has to... like. Nobody s- steals willy nilly in this game. Like it has to really matter to you to uh, steal a spot in this game, and sometimes it does, and sometimes you're like, and sometimes you want to trade rather than steal something. Yeah, deal. Yeah. And anyways, all right. Number fifty-seven is a game that Jacob really, really likes. Um, I think this game's fantastic as well. This is Mind Management. What's oh, great? The psychic espionage game. I think this is the best hidden movement game that I've played. This is a deduction uh, game. Thank you, Matthew. The most. Thank you. Uh, That's why I love it. It's 41 on Matthew's list, 61 on mine, 9 on Jacob's, um, not on anybody else's list or as high on David's. I don't care where you are. I want to know where you've been. 
Nice yeah. mind yeah, management. I think this is just a it's a sweet game. I like how that both sides of the um, the person that's moving around the recruiter plays. I like how the um, rogue agents play as well. Um, we haven't even gone through all the special. We haven't gone through powers, most of the modules. But um, I think they're all cool. I do think the finicky 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 is part of this game are the immortals. I don't think they're intuitive or as logical, sure. their well, positioning the, for stuff, especially when you first get into the game. Yeah. And the rule book is atrocious. Yeah, the theme of this makes it, it the theme of it in general is not intuitive. I yeah. don't know what Don't the, teach it via the theme. Yeah. Just yeah. say we're it, the 1960s think, spies. Yeah, yeah, honestly. Because uh, somebody, I think when we first were playing it, we're just like trying to teach based on the theme and you're like, you're saying the words immortals and you're like, what does that mean? But it's just these bad guys that run around and try to like help you find them. Um, yeah, th- this one doesn't necessarily slap for me, but I can see why it and, slaps. And at three players. It's quick too. Three players, I think is great. It's, it's not it's, quick to set up. You guys are like, oh, we got to break out I don't think the setup takes modules. too long, but after playing Letters from Whitechapel, any hidden movement game is faster than that. Um, all right. Yeah. Number 56 is a game that um, I'll say I'll probably be the, the champion of. I want to get a copy, but I have to import it. That is going to be Rumble Nation. Um, this is a game that David brought to me. Um, it is Good. not on either of your two lists. It is yeah. number 11. I haven't played this one. 11 on my list. Um, 68 on Jacob's, 26 on David's. I think this is just... It's good, John, but it's... It, it doesn't. I, this I, is my personal list of I know, games but that I enjoy. If we were betting on games that I think will go down your list the most, it's a good game. I like it. I'm, I, I this just, was up from last I year. I don't think it was on my list. I didn't have it rated. It wasn't. To it even, was 17th on my list last year. Yeah, I, I didn't have. It, I didn't have a score on it, so I don't. It didn't make to my rank list. I would have put it on there. I just love but, how this game works, where you roll your dice and then you can basically. You sum them together, and the dice that you don't use, or you—I'm uh, sorry—you have the the one die value that dictates where you're placing. The other dictates how many things you're putting out there. It's area control type game again, very snappy. Reminds me almost of King is King is Dead in the simplicity yep. of very you're similar. putting cubes out, you're moving around, and, and um, you know these things are going to score in this order. Um, there's a couple, you know, ability cards you can go for as well. David showed this to me. I have loved every single play I've had of this. I have enjoyed playing it with my wife. She really likes it too. Um, and I just think this is a fantastic so game. Is, does Dave, is David the only one who has a copy? To yeah. my knowledge, okay. yeah. Yeah, this um, is one that he, I think he said that I would like. You would. And I've been wanting to play it, but you know, we just haven't. I just it. think it's so, it's so fun. There's great tension. Um, it feels very Reiner. Action selection it's is very serious. good. But all right. Um, Rumble Nation is 56. Number 55 is. Um, I'm surprised to see this this high on the list, to be honest. It's Arc Nova. Uh, Matthew, you have this at 53. I still is Matthew. 53. That's surprising. Um, I still enjoy the premise of what we're doing in the game. I understand that. I'm just surprised it's 53rd on your list. This is very low on my list. 32 on Jacobs um, and 20 on Andrews. I'm surprised to see it that high on Jacobs, too. I don't know. They might be playing on BGA more than I'm aware of. I, yeah, this probably. game just... And I got the... Uh, the uh, I feel like I play this game on expansion. autopilot. I feel like I play the cards that I get. I feel like I try to draw cards that match with my strategy. If they do, great. That's how I've won. I've won this game, I think, every time I've played it, with the exception of maybe one game. Um, well, I know I I've won of times. once. Um, and I just feel like I get lucky when I win. And that's yeah. what I don't like about this game is I when I... I like to be able to look back and say, I won because I did this or because I executed in this way or I worked with this, per- however I want to say it. But in this game, all the wins that I've had, I'm like, oh, well, 
I just drew better cards than you guys. Sorry. Like yeah. I drew combos in my starting hand that I was able yep. to play out and I won because of that. And I and drew it's super heavy and we played it for two hours. And, and it yeah. takes, it, it, it takes a little while. It is better and as an async online game. I will say that this will probably go up on my list. At, and there are, and I believe do, there's some but, stuff in the new expansion that adds abilities for, I don't know what they're calling, but targeting. So you can go and look for specific type cards that match different suits similar to, cause we just a couple weeks ago, we played terraforming Mars, um, and that has some of the best kind of crafting your engine, right? We got our, we're drafting cards and then those ones we draft and we purchase them where you're, you're right. That is my biggest knock against Dark Nova is that the, the card draw, the card market, you're just kind of at the whimsy of hope. Hopefully this animal type I need comes out. Now you can do things to modify that and mitigate that. You can increase like your research ability mm -hmm. where you can have access to the entire card market, right? Yeah, well, it doesn't like prove it. Half the game, yeah, though. but that's why I'm I'm hoping to maybe see how some of the stuff in the expansion yeah. allows you to have more control of getting the things you need to fit into your engine. Because everything else outside of that, I love how the card system works. I love building your little zoo, uh, going up on the tracks, yeah, getting sure. those across. I love it's those fun, tension that but race. For the amount of time that it takes in person to play, and the amount of stuff you're moving around, kind of fiddliness, I'll say, as you're putting your zoo together. To me, it just feels better as an async online game where I can log on, I can take my turn because what I'm doing is never really impacted by what other people are doing with the exception of who's going for certain projects if we're both racing for the same one or if you yeah. take the partner's view that I want. But for the most part, this is a, hey, I'll log on, I'll take my turn in 30 seconds, and then I'll come on tomorrow and take my... Like, otherwise, it's just, it drags on for me in person. Oh, man. We need to talk async. about async one That's day. Wild. I can't... My, it would just shatter my brain. Yeah, it would drain it would my soul. How? Yeah. It's so convenient. I'd be thinking about, I'm ready to take my turn. I'm ready to go. Yeah. I'm ready to go. I right. can't come in That's why you just there. get in, in a bunch of different games. So anyways, um, that is 55 Arc Nova. Um, sad that it is above so many better games um, here on our list. Number 54 is a game that I've yet to play, but I think I would really enjoy it as Barrage. This is 24 on your list, wow. Matthew. Yeah, uh, even I though got, I, I was have, on the new Kickstarter with some of the new maps game group for over maps. three years, and you guys have not played it in the time that I've been here. Well, we don't own a copy of it. Um, seventy three on Jacob's list and seven on David's. Yeah, right now David is the only one who owns a copy. I was on the recent uh, Kickstarter that had some new maps and stuff, and so I, I, I got the game. If David has played this like fairly recently because it be is surprised. a very heavy game. Yeah, I David, you could tell us if we're wrong, but I I highly doubt he's it's playing heavy, that with his current and it game is group. Brutal. It's he it's heavy. It's brutal. The gameplay is is good, but again, this this is up there in that in that ten percent. And oh, this and, is a ten percenter for you. This is a ten percent. It's heavy. Yeah. I I I, I think it's the difference between heavy and complex. On more talisers are complex. This may be heavy in well, Matthew, strategy. So mine, they're in the same thing. And like so, yours, your like top fifty percent has barrage in it. My like top. Or my like bottom fifty percent has like telestrations in it. I gotcha. We're we're on a totally different playing field here. <laughs> I gotcha. Anyways, that is uh, barrage. Sorry, we don't have uh, much more to say about it, but um, I I know it's well. Well, we have, I mean, it came in hot. We, we have really nucleum here that we're looking forward to playing with people yes. saying it's barrage meets brass. Type we'll, some over. We'll be the judge of that. We'll be the yeah. judge. All right, fifty three is the quintessential deck builder. Really? For new gamers, uh, that is Lost Ruins of Arnak. Wait, Matthew, really? Who's who's list is this? You, on? Matthew, you. Uh, I want to. I'll read who it's out in a second, Brady. But uh, fifty-seven on your list, ninety-seven on Matthew's, eighty-seven on mine, sixty-one on Jacob's. So 
the four of us are pulling through on Lost Runes of Arnak. When have you guys even mentioned this game in the past two years? I thought I was the this only This is a fine one. game. I'll play this. Yeah. No, it's, every, it's just not a game. For every time. It. The bottom every, of my top 100 is not like I am craving to play these games They're still the good games. There are good games that I will play, but this is like a seven, seven and a half This isn't me. on the top of my mind, hey, I got to get okay, this played, okay, but I wouldn't yeah. be opposed to it. Right. I guess so. I, I feel like every time it. it's not a game every I actively time dislike. this game even enters my mind, you guys just talk about how much better. Um, I mean, there's other games I'd rather play more, but what is it? Dune Imperium. Dune Imperium is yes. I like start Dune Imperium think, in my mind is a better game, but I yeah. think they're different games. And I would play. I love. The I want to play more of the Expedition Leaders too, because you just got it at that. I think we only played once. Once you got that expansion, and there's a kind of a mini like campaign you can do now too. Yeah, we're not going to play a campaign of this game. <laughs> Let's not, do it. It's not happening. Uh, all right. Do you guys have uh, have the train whistle ready? Because we're we're picking up steam here on this topic. Oh, right. Age of Steam. Uh, do we have Age our of Steam, number fifty-two. What simps held this game up? This is forty-six on my list. Twenty-three on Jacobs. Twenty-four on mine. This is uh, as, after playing Shikoku eighteen eighty-nine. Um, Twice now. We played it and had some rules wrong. You had some harsh judgment on, on uh, Shotoku the other night, John. Well, I was thinking about selling it because I just don't think it's it's going to get played um, very much. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe it will, maybe it won't. I did enjoy the online play we had. I just don't think it's a game that's for this group. Um, I think, I don't know. Maybe I, I'm not seeing the interaction in 18XX games. Maybe they're just not for me. But Age of Steam is that infrastructure type, route building, pick up and deliver game type that I'm looking for. Um, I love pretty much everything about this game i love the draft especially at the beginning for you know your your round bonuses if you want to call them that or uh, you know turn order etc um i just think this game is sweet and there's so much content for it i know jacob's got a bunch of the maps he picked those up at pax so this is one that hopefully we'll be playing soon um i know matthew last time you played you you said you had some bad luck with dice rolling and and not having some goods come out to the various areas you were on um, I don't know all of what went down, but I'm sure there are ways you could mitigate that in future plays. But um, this is a so well-acclaimed game by so many people. Um, I think this is one that our group would really enjoy if we played a little bit more. Yeah, I think you guys introduced this one to me with extremely high praise, and it just kind of fell flat for me. I was like, I don't get it. But. Again, this is one of those games that when I'm not playing it, I'm not ever really thinking about it. But it, the top half of the game where you're doing the action selection, making sure you have your money to do bidding yeah. for stuff. I love all that. The onboard game, I think, is less exciting. Well, I mean, yeah. Like with the, the, the route Graphically, connections. it looks atrocious. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing to write home about, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Brady, have you not played the deluxe edition on Steam? Oh, yeah. Let's get that edition. <laughs> there, uh, David was sending some links to some hand-drawn maps where you can pay extra oh, to get somebody oh. to, somebody's redrawn. Or read so somebody sends you some, some scratches on graph paper, and that's what you play. No, on. that's splatter. Yeah, yeah. Was, I don't know. We're if making I'm, enemies. I don't everyone. know how much I enjoy route connection or like pick up and deliver as a mechanic as much. Okay. That may be part of it, but We're I enjoy all. all I enjoy taste. the like economic engine optimization yeah. part of the game. I love that. Like, do I have the money to get Matthew, everything I want to do? Me and you are agreeing more and more. At least in this top 25. Yeah, no hate, Brady. Stay no away hate. from my foundations around. <laughs> All right. And the last game we'll talk about today, number 51, is I believe the first appearance of... And it barely missed the top 50. Mr. Fister. This is going to be Mombasa. 
what? Fourteenth on oh, Matthew's no, no. list. But, okay, it only made it to fifty-one. That's a travesty. Fourteen on your list. Thirtieth on mine. Thirty-seven on Jacob's. Not on anybody else's list. Brady, what are you doing? Um, you enjoy Mombasa. Ten percent, man. Ten percent. Th- yeah, this that is, is a game I would that put is in less the 10%. heavy than some of these other ones. It is less not, heavy. Not I love the card management of this game, where you have so to play good. your cards into the correct rows so that you take that discard pile up at the end. I love the shared infrastructure in the middle of the board. This is kind of my first taste of those. The idea of we games. all have kind of shared vested interest in um, you yeah. know, this company and we're impacting how it is playing out on the board. But um, you know, I don't own it myself. Yeah. It's not my Pro- company. The the scale of progression goes ticket to ride, airlines, Europe, and then Mombasa. Short, one small step <laughs> for man. One you're, you're, you're Neil Armstrong jumping out of a, uh, a rocket onto the moon with just, that, that Just leap, when I was but. saying that me and you were agreeing more <laughs> on the list. But this yeah. I agree, This also was my first foray into the the things on the board you don't own, but you're yeah. interacting and you your success and failure is based on how they do, but everyone can change their loyalties. Yeah. I love it. Um, the card management, deck building kind of stuff you do with it. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, I completely am pretending the sky mine I have no in space in doesn't, it doesn't I exist. I want to go mine crypt coin. It, yeah, crypt coin. It doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> uh, but the soundtrack we put when on when we, that, yeah. yeah, the soundtrack we put on when we play Mombasa, the throat music. Oh, uh, <laughs> it's great. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's what we're listening to the whole time. That's why uh, I so can't good. think. Um, yeah, I think this game's great. I think there's a, a few like more defined strategies you can pursue, but they're more like guidelines of like you can pursue more exploration or you can try to get certain types of goods and buy lots of cards so that at the end when those stock cards start coming out, you can yeah. get those. You can go your book track or your diamond track. I think last game we played, I got my diamond track all the way max, which I've never done before. Um, That's I, impressive. I think it's uh, I just it's a very, very it's solid like, euro. It's heavy enough for me to, to for me to truly be in that 10% because every time we bring it out I like have to just reach into the depths of my mind to rem- <laughs> to like remember how to play it and like we but it's have a pretty to, like, quick go, kind of a refresh and it is but but I have to refresh where like yeah uh, like the heavy that the heavy games that are going to be in that 10% for me I I don't have to refresh what well, just for example Rest. what's don't, don't brass but we play brass more even then there's still little things that people miss on connections and I'm routes. just assuming I, I just yeah, figured I was, that I was mean, up there brass is good like Zulkin Zulkin would be up there for me oh Zulkin is not as heavy as a Mombasa we're two different people Matthew we're two different people <laughs> would you concur I don't know. The wheels make it. The wheels. A, uh, I can't I wait to, I see. to think. Oh, Brady, I want to play Zalkin so bad right now. It's such a good game. It's it amazing. Is. It uh, is very good. 10%. That is in the 10% right there. Zalkin is top 15. We're saying there's 15 10% games. of Brady's list are euros of his collection. The rest are. Not, but heavy euros. Not euros, like heavy euros. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But what we, we consider and heavy. And I am the lighter. I mean, the last like five games I've bought yeah. were like little parts. Yeah, games. you've had a bit of a, a yeah, transition yeah. Good, away though. from being more interested we, in euros yeah. to liking some of the lighter. Yeah. stuff, And I think that's often based on how you value games around well, it's also, who you're going to be able to play them with outside of just us. Too. It's true, but it's, it, that's true. But it's also because I know math, Matthew's top percent is like 50. And I know that he's mo- going to do more of the heavy lifting when it comes to those games. And so I'm like, yeah. uh, I, because it's not even about like buying them. It's about like the amount of like research oh, you have sure. to put in when you're teaching it. Days. Yeah. yeah I taught Shikoku and boy, that was stressful. And I got it wrong still after teaching it for an hour. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. um, 
that is going to wrap up our top 100 uh, episode two here. We went from 75 to 51. Um, I think we'll be taking the next games in smaller chunks. So we'll do kind of 10 games at a time as opposed to 25. Um, so that'll allow us to talk about some of our more favorite or 15? games. We'll see. Um, at a, at a faster rate. So yeah. John, do you want a quick shout out? We played too many bones the other night. We did. We can talk about that uh, maybe next episode. Well, next it episode. Was, it was fun. Very, very fun to introduce. Too many bones may make my list next year, Brady. One I, of my favorite I games. Know, at 99. At 99. Get it. Throw it, throw it a bone. Throw it, uh, I see what you did there. Just don't throw it too many bones. Yeah. Also, I'd like to do a quick shout out. While we were recording the podcast, I found <laughs> lost slash stolen goods. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's like three or four things that I got at PAX when we were at, and I haven't been able to find them. I found it in a small little pouch on one of our game bags while we were recording. Um, so the the game bag that Matthew took to PAX to store the games that he was buying and bringing back, he found the games <laughs> that were missing in the side pouch well, I'm of still the game one. bag. I'm still missing that he my brought city to PAX to bring the games back. So Matthew, this is why his mind melts at light games because he can <laughs> sit there and think eight rounds ahead in Terra Mystica, but the man can't think to check yeah. the side pouch. I had of sea salt and paper, uh, critters at war, flies, lies, and supplies. I had the the fan art pack for Wingspan, which is absolutely adorable, uh, but I still can't find my city. Shout out if anyone found a copy of packs, they want to send it my way. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All righty. I think that's it for this week's episode. Any other incoming games? I'm going to be uh, sailing away. See you soon. I'm getting married next week. You are. Yeah. Big day. Big things are happening. Yeah. Yep. And then you're going to be, be off out in, in uh, Tulum. 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 So we might, Matthew's the keeper of the recording instruments. So we're going to get a couple uh, episodes. We're going to try to get banked. another one in this week so we can have a release while he's out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the only other thing I would say is I, I really felt like a man today. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I recently bought a house um, and I spent like three and a half hours raking today. So I'm really feeling that <laughs> you just let the it decompose, benefits John. of home ownership. Uh, I've got a blister on my thumb. And uh, the real world was hitting me pretty quick, but you know, you get a good sense of accomplishment when oh, you just get out into nature and work. That'll do it. All right. Well, this that's it for this week's episode. As always, I'm Matthew. I'm Brady. And I'm John. And this has been the, the discussion, discussion phase. phase. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the discussion phase. Join our content, like to hear more. Make sure to tune back for new episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram and our Discord link below and let us know your thoughts on all these topics. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>